Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome to episode 15421542 and thank you for joining me. Thank you to all of you folks who are smart enough not to vote for Joe Biden. I think that's pretty easy. And you I know there is nobody listening who wants to vote for that guy because he's falling asleep. <laughs> I mean it's just can't our democrat friends put up a better candidate? Boy, I've seen some pretty crappy Republican candidates over the years, but wow, this is a new territory. It's totally new territory. Anyway, hey, we're going to get enough politics. I'm so sick of politics. I can't even, I can't even tell you how sick I am of it. But we're going to get to our part two of infinite returns with our client, Adam Jackson, who has achieved infinite returns with almost half of his portfolio you get the money out, you still own the asset, and then you are on the road of infinite returns, you know, and, may, and maybe it takes you longer than it took him. He did it in five years, but, you know, maybe it takes you 10 years. Hey, if you have an asset that you buy today that in 10 years produces literally infinite return to infinity and beyond... Hey, that's what Buzz Lightyear said, right? That could be you too. All right, before we get to that, we got so much to talk about. And by the way, we're going to be talking about some of it on Sunday. But many of you have asked about the Meet the Masters recordings. Many of you purchased them already. You already got them. They are in video and audio format, nicely organized. Everything is by segment. You can watch the video online. You can download the audio and take it with you. Super convenient. There are, I think, I think there are 39 sessions. Wowza, wowza, wow. And they are on sale right now at a discounted price, a hundred bucks off. And we are going to do that through Sunday, through Sunday, a hundred bucks off. So go and grab those at, are you ready? Here it is. You can, you can even remember this, but you should write it down just in case you might forget to go there. If you're not going to go right now and get your copy, jasonhartman.com slash recordings, jasonhartman.com slash recordings, $100 off recordings of our 22nd anniversary Meet the Masters of Income Property Conference. They are there for you at jasonhartman.com slash recordings. $100 discount. Get it well at last because price is going up. It's going up. All right. A bunch of random things here. 
we have got a lot of messages, a lot of voicemail from listeners, from various people that I need to share with you, some questions I need to answer. Oh, but I was going to tell you about the Sunday live stream, our Coffee Talk. For Coffee Talk on Sunday, we are going to uh, discuss, among other things, among taking your questions and answering your questions, we're not taking them, we're answering them, we're giving them back in the form of answers. And uh, we're going to do that. But we will definitely touch on the important topics that you're all starting to talk about. This crazy thing that an agency of the federal government, unrelated to real estate, is trying to put a ban on evictions. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, in Atlanta, not too far from me. The CDC says they're going to do an eviction moratorium through the end of the year. And now, listen, don't panic. Don't don't panic. It's really not that big a deal, even if this holds up, which I don't think it's going to hold up because, first of all, do they even have authority to do that? <laughs> I mean, this is not this is not HUD doing this. It's not... Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac saying, if you have one of our loans, you can't evict people. Or if you have one of our loans and you're in forbearance, you can't evict people and stop paying payments while you're still collecting from your tenant. Uh, so, you know, they, they could pull that kind of stuff, right? But the CDC, what do they have to do with real estate? Nada. Nothing. So, and even if they do have the authority, I mean, this thing is being challenged like crazy. It's probably not going to make it. Even if they did have the authority, which is questionable, the question is, is it even constitutional to do a, you know, like a, this federal eviction ban? Because think about it. One of the core concepts of our society, and this goes way back to, I think, Thomas Locke was the the real expansion, I guess I want to say, the expansion of the thinking of private property rights, right? Your private property rights are like your person, right? It, it's like your your body. You know, you you are entitled, you have the right to your property because what is your property produced with? It's produced with your life, your labor. And this is why. I find it so incredibly, really just just ridiculous and disrespectful that these big, disgusting companies that we all deal with waste our time because our time is also our property. We trade our time for, for pay. Most of us do. We trade our, our time for money. And that money buys us things and that stuff becomes our property. And so... When someone is stealing your property or ripping you off in a deal, they're in essence stealing your life because your life only consists of time and they're stealing part of your life. So the next time you wait on hold for 45 minutes getting the runaround from some big disgusting company that's essentially harassing you, they're essentially a terrorist, just understand they are literally stealing your property because your time is your property. 
so is your real estate. It is your property, right? And so I, I just can't imagine this thing getting anywhere. But uh, hey, they say that's the deal. Now, of course, it's really not that easy and it's really not that big a deal, folks, because even if it does, you know, withstand the scrutiny of all the lawsuits and the legal challenges, right? Say it, say it withstands all of that, right? The Landlord Association, you know, the National Apartment Association, they're all battling this out with this, with the CDC and stuff. But say it stands up to all of that, right? It's still, there are many hurdles the tenant has to overcome to claim the right to not be evicted for non-payment of rent. They have to be sick. I believe, I mean, now I'm just reading this, so don't quote me on any of this, folks. Do your own due diligence. I don't know if you should even waste your time on this, frankly, but if you are so inclined, I think they have to be sick. They have to prove that they are not employed, that they can't pay the rent, and the rent accrues, okay? So, you know, don't worry about this. It's just not worth worrying about yet. This is like everybody several months ago worrying about, you know, not receiving their rental income. And so far, knock on wood, and that actually was wood I was knocking on, just so you know, because we wouldn't want to false advertise here. Yep, that's wood. That's my desk. And so it's turned into a non-issue. Like, it's a non-issue. You know, people are paying their rent. It's it's working out fine. And, um, you know, one of my uh, properties is self-managed property, by the way. I got my rent nine days early. They just send it to me uh, through the banking system. I just get it electronically. It's a beautiful thing. I love self-management. Now, if you have a great property manager, hey, keep them. But if you have a questionable property manager, dump them and join the Empowered Investor Network, the Empowered Investor Inner Circle, I should say, and get on board with us so that you can become empowered and save tons of money and increase your return on investment. Okay, a couple of these messages. Let me get to these. And then we will get to part two of our client case study on infinite returns. So first one, and this is just a, I'm reading a tweet, which is interesting. This tweet comes from Tesla Charts. And it says, fun fact number one, I used debt prudently and sparingly, saved religiously, paid all student loans and mortgages as fast as I could afford, never used debt to buy a car, paid my credit cards in full every month. Fun fact number two, I am an idiot. That's what they said. And you know what? As much as I hate to agree with the tweeter, is that how you would say it? The tweeter? Not like in a not not like in the speaker, <laughs> you know, like you, you have the the woofer and the tweeter. Um, but uh, the the Tesla charts Twitter account or channel, whatever whatever the right lingo is, I agree with this. You know, it's sad. It's just it just ain't fair, folks. It just ain't fair that people that do all of the seemingly right things get punished. And the people that do all the seemingly, you know, I'll say, let's not say seemingly right and wrong. Let's say people that invoke the pre-1971 strategy, 
because, of course, that's when Nixon temporarily, temporarily suspended the convertibility of gold or dollars to gold temporarily. And guess what? Hey, it's 2020 and this temporarily is still going on. Try trading your dollars for gold at the uh, at the treasury, right? Yeah, good luck. Good luck on that one. You know, you can go and buy some gold, but you can't you can't convert your dollars to gold, not directly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But that's the way it is. So there's the pre-1971 strategy and the post-1971 strategy. See, two completely different worlds. Two completely different worlds. Yes, pre-1971 and post-1971 strategy. And the fun fact number one in this tweet is that this person did all of the right things by the pre-1971 strategy. But by the post-1971 strategy, he's an idiot. And he's right. It's not fair. It's just the way it is. And that's why you need to follow our strategy because, hey, we're going to help you win in the post-1971 strategy world. Okay, let's listen to the couple of these messages that I haven't listened to in quite a while, and I have no idea what they're going to say, but I'm going to play them for you. And then, of course, I will have some comments. They're from various listeners, and maybe there's one or two from one of our actual investment counselors in here with a question or comment that a client is raising. And let's just go through a couple of these things, and I got a bunch more. We're not going to be able to do them all today, so we'll try to do some more tomorrow or in the near future. But here we go. She learned how to say Jason Hartman real estate investing in Chinese. So there's your message of the day. That's Carrie's daughter in Mandarin. Hey, Jason. So I'm not sure if this was a test to see if I was listening to the podcast or not. But I want to make sure our listeners know that I am not a Dodgers fan. Okay. The link I posted <laughs> about the uh the cars parked, uh, the rental cars parked in the parking lot was at Angels Baseball Stadium. So I just needed to make that clarification. Well, that was Sarah. That was really important. I to report. Um, I know you've been talking a lot, and you were talking about it before. Lots of other people were about the um, population shift from cities and more densely populated areas into less densely populated areas. And... Um, I'm seeing a lot of anecdotal evidence <laughs> among my connections here. In this, by the way, is our client, Sean Carroll, who we also happen to hire because he's a professional actor and MC. We hired to MC Meet the Masters. So he made this comment a while back and he lives in New York City and he's going to stay because he's a diehard. He loves it there. But um, he's just commenting on on how he's constantly telling me how many moving trucks he sees of people moving out of the city and so forth. So uh, just uh, listen to his comment. And he's uh, purchased properties from us in uh, several of our markets over the years. New York and a lot of people that I've worked with in Philadelphia, where I'm originally from, who are indeed doing that um, every day in my Facebook feed or Instagram, or I get a private message from somebody that I worked with, not just actors, some business people as well, who during this time, you know, maybe they have a second home in the mountains or this one person I worked with, she's originally from North Carolina and this beautiful rural community that she grew up in. And her and her husband decided like, 
you know what, this is a good time for us to recalibrate. And so they're moving. They've decided um, they've already started packing. Um, there's three more that I saw last week, people in New York that are performing artists who realized, hey, you know, since theater's probably going to be shut down for a while anyway, why don't I just stay here, work on my stuff? And, you know, there's theaters in this area too. So when they do open back up, you know, there'll be work here and I'll just pick up some other stuff since I know people here. So I'm just seeing at least a few a day. And if I scale that out, I know that if I'm seeing that anecdotal evidence, I'm sure I'm not the only one. So you probably like are not surprised to hear this, but I just thought I'd report since I happen to be connected to a lot of people who kind of had one foot in, one foot out, like New York already. I was just saying to Tanya, like the thought never even occurred to me to, to leave the city during this crisis. Like I consider this my home. I, this is the first place I've lived where I actually feel like I, I'm home. You know, and I know it's expensive and stupid and I can get way better places, but I, you know, I just like it here. So for those of us that do stay, I'm excited to see what kind of deals I can get on rent um, when this whole thing. Prices are down. dropping uh, for sure. I would be definitely okay if a few hundred thousand people left the city and we didn't see that influx of college kids that come in in May, June and July that jack up their rents on everything and where they put seven people in a two bedroom apartment and the rest of us can't get one. So I'll be keeping my eyes on it and I'll report what I see on the ground with rent prices and stuff. They've already come down like our neighborhood the rents, I'd say, since the crisis began, have dropped at least 10%. So that's just been my observation. I expect them to go down further. Hey, man, yeah, that's cool. It definitely seems like... So this is Drew Baker. You probably recognize some of these voices. Uh, and uh, he is probably going to say something about self-management or something. I'm not sure. Uh, there's going to be a big shakeup in the technology sector just pushing towards stuff being virtual. I mean, this sort of has given everybody the chance to kind of sit back and reevaluate their business and think about how they can sort of automate things and cut out inefficiencies. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm pretty happy about self-managing. I'm considering firing my property manager in Memphis and before switching over to anyone else, just try self-managing those properties for a couple months, seeing which ones I think I can handle and let the other ones. Uh, and by the way, he did do that, and he likes it. To a property manager, a new one. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all on board. I think this sounds great. Hey, Jason. Uh, hope all is well. Long time no speak. Haven't used this in a while. But so your interview with uh, Ryan Moran uh, from a few days ago, and uh, yeah, just want to reach out. Want to say hope all is well. Hope you're staying safe in these uh, crazy times. And uh, always like hearing your perspective on things as you shared on Brian's show because you are one of the rational voices during uh, irrational times. So, uh, but yeah, hope all is well, man. I just want to say hi. And I want to let you know, I'm looking across the street for me. We're back to showing. Across the street, that's a high rise. And there are three additional vacant apartments that I can see through the window are vacant right now that were not vacant last week. So, um, and usually New York city and there's a family that lives across from us that I know has been there for a long time and they moved out. So the migration I believe continues. 
All right, we'll we'll stop it there because uh, we've got a we got a lot more to cover with our part two of our client case study today. So uh, remember jasonhartman.com slash recordings to get your discount just for a few days here, ending on Sunday to get your discount on the Meet the Masters recordings, video and downloadable audio, all there for you, jasonhartman.com slash recordings. And now back to part two of Infinite Returns with our client, Adam Jackson. Do you want to talk about, you know, any thoughts being in your industry, being in aerospace and the economy and what's going on? You said that you've been doing very well through all this. Your properties are obviously doing very well. So congratulations on that. But just, you know, we all want to know what's coming next. What's the real read on things that are going on in the world? And this is very uneven, this whole economic situation. And it's, it's very sad. A lot of people are struggling, but a lot of people are just doing great at the same time. You know, it's, it's really mixed. Uh, Mostly in a recession, you know, it's like 80% of the people will be suffering, but this time it's, you know, it's like 50-50 or maybe even better than that in terms of most people are doing pretty well, you know, 60-40 or something. Uh, But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually very interesting to me. You know, as somebody who works in the aerospace industry, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of technology and up and coming, uh, you know, programs, I guess, that are expanding upon these and in different militaries are, are working with one another. So, I mean, militaries are definitely going to continue to to increase, especially with with the way that the, the political landscape is today. But yeah, if, if you're a professional and you have the ability to work from home, you are definitely in much better shape, especially if you're within an industry that is getting some sort of government funding in particular, or, you know, has some sort of market need where, mm-hmm. whether it's some sort of a digital transformation or technological, you know, I guess innovation is needed. So I, I definitely think if that's, that's a factor. And, but Jason, I I would also like to ask you, I mean, how do you feel about this as far as the fact that you have a stock market that does some sort of a flash crash, it seems like comes right back up, maybe going back down at the same time, we have these interest rates that are, that are incredibly low and we have a housing boom. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of sectors in the economy that are just detached. Yeah, they are. You're absolutely right. The stock market is just fake. I mean, it's a it's smoke and mirrors. It's just a totally fake thing. So they've obviously propped it up with all the money creation. I think we're up to about $5 trillion now. This is absolutely unrecognizable in history, what's going on. Uh, there's just no comparison. But like I've said, and and you've heard me say, I don't think the chickens are coming home to roost anytime soon in terms of the ability for the U.S. to create fiat money. This is a thing. It's like interesting because I, I was listening to Peter Schiff yesterday on uh, George Gammon's show and, and Peter's been on my show before. I got to get him back on. But he's so interesting to listen to, but he's so wrong. <laughs> I mean, he's just always wrong in in the sense. I mean, 
I don't know. It's kind of like divided. He's not always wrong completely, but he's talking about, again, that I've heard him talk about for the last 15 years about how the dollar's over, the dollar's going to crash, the U.S. is going to lose reserve currency status. And I'm thinking to him, I want to say, well, you know, obviously compared to what? You know, these people love to like say the U.S. is in such bad shape, but compared to what? I mean, who's going to take over the reserve currency status? if not the U.S.? Like, who is in better shape than we are? And there's just, there's nobody. I mean, it's definitely not China. China is a disaster in a half, Mm -hmm. and it's going to only get worse. I mean, yes, they've had a miracle for a few decades, and if Trump is reelected and the continuation, you know, we have this continuation of moving jobs back on shore. I mean, China is going to suffer from that. No, no question about it. And China is, you know, running a fake economy in a huge way. They're manipulating their currency like crazy. They've got 10 more years until they have a giant demographic cliff, as Harry Dent talks about. That's actually the title of one of his books. And China is not the thing. And now after after coronavirus, nobody trusts China. Their trust level on the world stage has just been massively diminished. You know, I, I was there last year and it was really enlightening. I, I loved it. You know, I would totally love to go back. But and then with what they've done in Hong Kong, clamping down on, on you know, the protesters and so forth, China is not going to be the thing. It's and it's certainly not going to be. Let's go down to number three. Japan? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, giant de- giant demographic cliff. Also, country literally will not exist in seventy to hundred years. Mm-hmm. There won't be any people. You can't have a country without people. They're not having any children. They have no Im- immigration to speak of. So you know that the country will just evaporate. It'll just go away. And so it's not going to be China. It's not going to be Japan uh, with 230% debt to GDP ratio in Japan. Is it going to be the Eurozone? Europe is a disaster. What, what is it going to be Germany? I mean, is it going to be the UK? No way. None. Of, there's nobody to take the place of the US. It, it's just, it's absurd. These we arguments. have good, good reason to be bullish on the US and even more bullish on US real estate. I, I yeah. just think it's, it has a great runway and especially with all this money printing, I, I think that we're, we're going to benefit as real estate investors. You're, you're certainly right. And then, and by the way, I just want to make the disclaimer. I am by no means suggesting that the U.S. is perfect or anything. It's a disaster. It's just comparatively, you know, compared to what is the big question. And comparatively, it's in much better shape than any other major country. Okay. That, that's just, there's just no comparison. So that's that. But, you know, what do you think about the demographics of, of the market in terms of home buyers out there pushing prices of, of the properties you own and I own up because there's a lot of buyers, but also renters? Now, we don't have to just talk about millennials anymore. We can talk about Generation Z. They're starting to come up into their own. And these are huge demographic cohorts. I mean, the Very population huge. is giant. As you know, I remember one time it was gross when I was uh, maybe in junior high school in one of our classes, maybe it was like biology class. They had a snake, a big snake, you know, and they fed it a mouse. And 
I, I, you know, I watched the whole thing. And, and what's interesting is you watch that long snake and then that big lump of the mouse going through the snake's body. It's just gross. I'm sure people have seen this. If not, look up a video and you can, you can see it happening. But that's how the demographics are in the U.S. We've got these yes. giant lumps of demographics, 80 million millennials, okay? And they're moving into their spending years and they're going to move into a giant wealth transfer era where that wealth is going to be transferred from their parents as they pass away. So, wow. It makes me wonder, well, is there really any stop to this? I mean, is, are the prices in certain areas, of course, going to keep improving because based on everything you just said, there's a good likelihood that that happens. Now, I think it's also important to make a distinction between which of those markets are going to benefit most. And I think we know what most of those are, but I mean, I I can tell you an example. I have a brother who lives in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and he was just recently looking for a new lease. So Mm -hmm. he moved. And what's incredible is the the downward pressure oh, yeah. we're all seeing on rents in that area. I, all, I actually, all of our clients who live in New York City or the surrounding areas like Brooklyn, they say that there are just moving trucks everywhere. They're yes. just, just people are just fleeing the city. And if not, like your brother stayed in and he probably got a huge upgrade for a lower price. Like literally people are moving from one bedroom units in New York to three bedroom units for the same price. It's yeah. amazing what's happened, how these cities, and I don't want to just say New York, but San Francisco, LA, they are all in collapse mode right now. Yeah. Go ahead with what yep. you're saying though. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I think in his case, he ended up getting another bedroom. And I think at the overall rent dropped by about 10%. So, wow. you know, just kind of give, give you an idea there. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty interesting, though, what's happening also in the tri-state area. So mm-hmm. when, when talking about New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey, I've actually seen a good amount of price appreciation in areas of Connecticut and things like that. But that's because people are leaving the right. city. So, yeah. you know, relatively speaking, that's an improvement for them. Mm-hmm. You've got the moneyed people in New York City who have left and they've gone to, you know, Westchester County, Connecticut, the Hamptons, and they're definitely pushing prices up there as their money floods out of the, the high density areas. But again, those properties wouldn't make sense as investment anyway, because they're just too expensive to ever get a decent rent to value ratio. So what we're looking for is the middle and lower middle class uh, tenant that is going, that is, you know, just there's a flood of money going into these cities and these type of properties that make good sense as rental properties. And our investors like you, like me, and hopefully everybody watching and listening are really profiting from that, aren't they? Oh, yeah, I would say so. And again, none of us, I feel like we wouldn't have been able to predict this. We were sort of in a mode just in recent months where it was, okay, well, let's hunker down, let's get our reserves in place and let's see what happens. But yeah, I mean, really what's happening here, especially going to the cities in which we invest, where there's job prospects and and where there's business friendly areas and and jurisdictions. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, we're all going to be set up very, very well if we continue to purchase there and dollar cost average there. I completely agree with you. I know you use Property Tracker and that's great that you're using the software. Are there any other apps or tools or, you know, resources you're using that you want to share with investors? 
You know, I mean, at this point, really, I pretty much just use the the property tracker. It's really all I need. I mean, I use things like Zillow and Trulia and things like that just to kind of get an idea. But for the most part, that's really kind of what I'm using. Uh, Shadow stats is something that I've really been starting to look at a bit more. Yeah, which I think is great. We we had the founder, John Williams, on the show before. Okay, yeah. very cool. And uh, so I, I pretty much, I, I think when something is, when something works, I like to double down on it. So, mm-hmm. and for instance, and I don't even think I've talked about this yet, but um, one of the things that I do at this point, since I've reached my, my maximum loan slot amount for Fannie Freddie, is I take a certain grouping of properties, I refinance out into a non-QM mortgage product or loan, which means qualified mortgage. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Correct. And then what I do is I free up those Fannie Freddie spots and I put down 15% on the next properties that I buy. And that's Mm -hmm. all I've been doing at this point. So, um, you know, I I like to use property tracker just because we we look at these initial canned pro formas, but Mm -hmm. when you're putting it down a different amount, I really kind of want to see what the projection is going to be on that, especially 15%. That's a bit different from the 25% down, especially because you're going to have, I mean, you're going to just accelerate your your total ROI. So that's fantastic. So you mentioned, and I didn't even ask you enough about this. So sorry about that. Uh, We got to talking about other things, but the infinite returns on almost half of your portfolio, you say you're getting infinite returns. What does that mean? I mean, I know what you mean, but I don't know if people listening know what you mean. So tell us more. Yeah, of course. So infinite return basically means that uh, the money that I put down to initially acquire the property, I have gotten that back in returns, but I still hold on to the asset. So, right. so for example, I, ha- I have one property actually it was in Memphis and, and this really was the first property I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I put down $25,000 uh, initially to purchase it. It, it was originally hundred K when I bought it and that included the closing costs as well. So I put 20% down. Well, Fast forward four years, it's been an excellently performing property. It, I, I get cash flow every month. It's been the same tenant, by the way, every time. Mm-hmm. And I just did a cash out refinance, pulled out 24K. And my payment went up only by $20 a month because the interest rate went lower. Mm-hmm. So for $20 a month, I get $24,000 back out. I still hold on to the asset and it still cash flows $300 a month every time. I love income property. It is the best thing ever. You know, what you're talking about is phenomenal. I mean, you get all your money back and you still own the asset. Where else can you do that, folks? Yes. I mean, you, you and not just... only that, but I mean, let's keep in mind that when I did the refinance out, I, I initially put down 20%. I refinanced out and now have a 75% loan to value. So I still have all of that equity that sits in that property in addition to the cash flow every month and the loan pay down. So mm-hmm. there's no telling what that property is going to actually return in the future. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, Adam, first off, thank you for your service. And thank you so much for sharing your story too. Um, And uh, service, I mean, military service, of course. And just anything else you want to share with listeners or or viewers that I a question I didn't ask you or or anything or, or maybe your plans for the future, whatever, it's all yours. Yeah, well, I mean, plans for the future, I'm just going to continue to buy. I mean, once I find something that works and works well, there's no reason to to try and reinvent the wheel. 
So I'm going to definitely continue to increase the portfolio, hopefully at an accelerating rate. And then if I could add anything else, it would just be get in control of the asset. That's the most important thing. You can always renegotiate the deal after you have it. Right. But, but the most important thing is to get that money to start working as quickly as you possibly can, because that's when all of these other opportunities and options begin to show themselves and become available to you. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Adam, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on the show. That was a great client case study and glad to have you back on the show. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, hartmanmedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go Go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.